Welcome to Pleasure Doing Business, the podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want to grow their business and have a ton of fun along the way. The podcast is brought to you by the world-famous accounting firm, Welcome Teat back to the Pleasure Doing Store. Business podcast. Whether you're a raving fan of the PDB or you're a first-time listener, thanks a lot for tuning in today. As always, I'm super excited about this episode. We've got Keith McQueen here who has guest hosted on a number of episodes. Welcome back to the show, Keith. Thanks, Andy. It's always a pleasure to be back on, and I'm extremely excited about our guest today. As am I. Our guest today is Dave Vale. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. It's, it's weird to be on the other side of the, the desk, if you will. Well, the interviewee. Yes, we used to be the inter- interviewer, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm kind of excited to be sitting back and... Um, Hopefully, answering, uh, you know, giving good answers to. Probably, I'm, I'm expecting great questions based on <laughs> what you've already asked me in the in the preliminary in the lead up. The lead up, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't know, Dave uh, is a multi-talented, multi-faceted uh, entrepreneur and business leader here in uh, Greater Saint John. He, uh, fans of podcast will know, is the co-host of the Boiling Point podcast, which is probably the most popular podcast uh, produced in this neck of the woods, uh, I would have to say. And we'll talk a bit about that, but that's only sort of part of what Dave does. Dave runs a company called Vision Coaching uh, and has for coming up on 15 years now. So we're going to talk all about that as well. We have a number of other cool things to talk about, including some philanthropic activities that both uh, Dave's uh, company and Teet Saunders Doyle have been involved with. And uh, who knows where the conversation will take us, but I think there'll be a lot of value for the listeners here in terms of, uh, you know, coaching, in terms of podcasting, in terms of thought leadership. And so I'm excited for where this conversation is headed. But as always on the Pleasure Doing Business podcast, we're going to start with beer because we love to sample local craft beers and give a shout out to our awesome craft beer industry in this part of the world here in New Brunswick. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Keith McQueen, to give us a little bit of a overview on, on what we're drinking here today. Sure, Andy. So uh, this is from Picaroons Brewing Company. So that's a brewery up in Fredericton primarily. Uh, but actually, Andy picked this up across the street because the St. John office is very conveniently located. Dangerously located, yes. From Picaroons. <laughs> so uh, it's a very convenient location for our office here. Uh, the beer is a seasonal beer for this time of year. It's the Oktoberfest. Uh, it's a nice, light-tasting beer. Um, and there's a little story to this, and it's, uh, it's uh, I'll let you speak on that, Andy. Yeah, yeah, sure. The So Picaroons uh, is really well-known for doing kind of special batches that uh, benefit the particular cause in the community. And as many of you may know, uh, just over a year ago, there was a tragedy in Fredericton where... Um, uh, there was a, a mass shooting in, in, in effect uh, where four people in total, including two police officers, were, were killed. And one of those officers was Constable Rob Costello. And this is a uh, Constable Rob Costello Memorial Oktoberfest beer. And uh, they just had an event actually in Fredericton a couple of weeks ago uh, to raise money for the Memorial Fund, which is uh, held at the Fredericton Community Foundation, which is an organization that I've been involved with for years. And so thought it would be a good opportunity to just give a shout out to Picaroons uh, and, um, you know, encourage anyone that wants to, you know, contribute to uh, the Rob Costello Fund. There's also the Sarah Burns Memorial Fund, who was the other officer that was that was tragically killed. So 
that's what we're drinking here today. So shout out to Pickaroons for, for doing this and for uh, helping raise money for this important cause. I, you know what? I had no idea. That, that, that brings a whole new meaning to the beer, doesn't it? Um, amazing. And it's, you know, I love what they have in the can. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing Rob used to use you know, this, this one particular hat. You know, with the hair on top of it, it's probably something a guy like me would wear. Yeah. You know, because I don't have a lot of hair. So uh, um, so it, it would be interesting to, to learn more about the design of the can itself, wouldn't it? Yeah. I find it amazing how the, the craft brewers are so creative with the, yeah. not not just the beer, but the actual cans and uh, the totally. information and totally. all that good stuff. Yeah. Totally. And pick rooms. In, from to my mind is the leader like is is kind of like the godfather of the craft brewing industry yeah. you know what I mean and Sean Dunbar big shout out to him uh, he's been on our podcast I've interviewed him I had a, a column for years in the Telegraph Journal and he's just such a kind giving person and and um, we had uh, Wendy from Big Thai Brewery on she actually did a uh, a Boiling Point Brew this is our podcast where oh, we cool. we surveyed listeners. And then she she got the the, the uh, information back and brewed a batch, which she calls a Bowling Point Brew. This this she's done a couple batches. It was great. And we had a big launch, you know, of the of the brew and a big party, and we were sampling the beer, a lot of the beer. And she said, well, one of the things uh, that came up in the survey was, you know, you guys are are local, and so this is why you use this. And then you know, you both probably had red hair at one point. That's why I did some ginger. <laughs> it was a bit of ginger. And then the other thing she said was uh, potent came up and I was like oh that's why I'm so drunk right now because <laughs> like it was 8% like, oh, oh, no. uh, but this is a survey it was one of the things potent right yeah. so she so she scaled the alcohol content back because um, I, you know I think probably for for, uh, for for volume reasons because probably people wouldn't be able to consume as much as they could. It's delicious beer. But anyways, shout out to her and, yeah, and I love Foghorn awesome. yeah, and, and awesome. where I live in the valley. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what sprouted up just within, you know, kind of a three mile radius. Yeah. Um, Hammond River, yeah. uh, Long Bay Brewery, yeah. uh, Foghorn, as you mentioned. So big, And they're all, what I love is they're so collaborative, but you guys probably talk about that, but I just think it's yeah. a fascinating industry. Is, Agreed. Is New Brunswick like? Yeah. Are like? Are, is it? It must be leading the craft brewery industry when you think of per capita and 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 uh, volume produced. It has to. Be, yeah. Good. Good question. I mean, yeah. there there are certainly lots of them, but I think that just runs right across the country. You know, I think it's. Is that right? Yeah, and I think that uh, people thought it was a, a fad. When it first started, but away. no, 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 this is here oh. to stay. Yeah, no, it's it, it's awesome. So, can I ask you guys a quick question? How many growlers do you have sitting in your garage or wherever? Because I've got about fifteen growlers. Because I would forget a growler, yeah. and for people that yes. don't yeah. that aren't familiar with the industry, is you you can get a growler and they change the liquor laws. Thanks to guys like Sean Dunbar, yeah, where you yeah. can actually go in and get it, get it filled over across the street with whatever you want on tap, and yeah, um, which is and that's all been in the last. Seven eight years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What's the size of it? How many like pints of beer? You, I think it was six brown? pints. Yeah. Really? yeah, 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 about six. Yeah, yeah. And yeah but but Keith, you only got like 24 hours to drink it, so that's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a challenge? <laughs> For some people, yeah. that is my Friday after yeah. work. Yeah, I'm walking across the street. But you can buy half gallons too. Anyways, exactly. I, I just ask you that because I'm lit. Do you guys have a? Am I the only one that's just somehow? I, I'm not a. All I'm not a growler guy. No. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they like, like you know, it's crazy how many. Because, uh, anyways. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. No, that's good. It's good um, to digress about that, and you know, 
the beer is fantastic and it's you know one of the reasons why we love getting together to do these pleasure doing business podcasts yeah it, so it adds a little bit so of pleasure you, to the podcast yeah, well that's it's a really attractive um from a guest perspective when i heard <laughs> that and i look at thursday end of the day i'm like i could do this um I, yeah this could be good this could be I guess, you know, maybe we can steal it, the boiling point. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. But look, we've talked long enough about beer. I really want to dive into, uh, Dave, uh, to all the stuff that you're doing, all the cool stuff that you're doing. And, um, you know, as we were talking before we hit record, one of the reasons why uh, we started the Pleasure Doing Business podcast uh, was because I was a big fan of the Boiling Point podcast. Mm, and I love what you, you and your co-host, Greg Hemmings, uh, who's uh, a great guy who's actually been at a conference that we've uh, we've hosted in St. Andrews, uh, I guess about a year ago. Um, and you guys do such a great job with that podcast. And we said, hey, um, you know, those, if those two guys can do it, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we can too. Not to, the, not to the level that you guys are at for sure. But um, anyway, so I want to thank you for the inspiration to, to do oh, this because right. I'm, I'm having a ball with it. But... It's fun, um, isn't it? it? It is really fun. Yeah. So before we get into the, the vision coaching yeah. side of things, which I'm really interested to dive into, tell us how did Boiling Point start and uh, and what are you guys up to with it now? Well, if, and it's nice to hear it's listened to and it's, and and actually when people reference um, you know particular interviews because because um, I've heard, had a few people that would say yeah I've watched it and I'm like well you can't watch it. Uh, same. I get that all the time. Uh, so basically right. they're being yeah. nice and they yeah. have, they don't know. Yeah. Right? Or, 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 or even worse, I haven't watched it yet, they, they say yeah, to me. Yeah, it's like, well, you don't watch a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Well, and, and so and I, I kind of like, like um, if I go back to, um, and I'll connect this back, but um, I mentioned earlier I did a column for, for quite, a, quite some time in Telegraph Journal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was funny, people would reference that. And I, had a, I was at a, a party, a bunch of family members and people and um, friends, I guess. And this guy said, oh, hey, there, that guy that has a column in the Telegraph Journal. And I said, I said, oh, the only guy in New Brunswick that reads my column. He goes, well, I never read it. I just see your picture. <laughs> so, so you just never know, right? So when I hear people listening to it, like you mentioned, I go, I'm really excited by that. Um, we do have um, a significant amount of downloads. Um, we, you know, you guys having listened to it would have heard us say to our surprise. Because um, when we kicked it off, it was it's Greg, Greg Hemmings is the inspiration. We wanted to collaborate. We had done uh, a, a documentary together on coaching. I coached him when he launched Hemmings House Picture, and, and it's called the Airplane Journals. And we, we collaborated on different projects. He, did, he, he had me come in and deliver coaching to him and his team. Uh, I, I'd have him, them come in and do corporate storytelling for us and videos. And we have this great, wonderful video they did that still gets lots of hits called um, The Leadership uh, Ride. Um, and it's his animated video, which is very cool. Um, so anyways, we thought, well, we, how can we collaborate in other projects? And Greg said, let's do a podcast. You know, do, how does it sound? I said, awesome, man. And then, and then my next question was obviously like, well, what is a podcast? <laughs> I had no idea because I did think it was a video of some sort. Greg, uh, in his wisdom, recognized that it was a really big opportunity. Like blogging has kind of yeah. done its thing. Um, there's some great bloggers out there. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, mediums. And this idea of, of podcasting was just five years ago when we started was is in its infancy it's kind of blown up since then um and then we we started and we you know we were three episodes in we had david alston we're in a really hot um mm-hmm. audio booth nothing like this this is nice and airy and beautiful <laughs> sunlight coming in behind us i mean i'm talking about you're in a small Thank you. you're, be, you're being very kind no, but it is it is it's, and so 
So we were in, and by the end of it, we'd be sweating, and I would be, you know, taking off my jacket. And the gas, thankfully, is coming in by phone the majority of the time. Yeah, right. David Alston actually came in. Shout out to David Alston. He's a, or he was or is a, a entrepreneur in residence yeah, in the yeah. government. He's a fabulous giving guy. I love that guy. Um, and he, we said, well, what should we name the podcast? Because we had no name at the time. And he's and we said the hot box, and he said no. He's a marketing guy. He said no, don't do that, you guys. Don't do that. Don't, please don't do the hot box. Um, I don't think that's the. And, and now and how the now cannabis industry is gone. Maybe that would have been a thing, Mr. Alston. So, anyhow, um, he said he 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 coined the bowling point, and we said wow. So it became the bowling point. Um, we had one of our first guests uh, had a success has a successful podcast in New York, and his 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 um, advice was do them. Make sure you have you decide on the frequency and stay consistent. Yeah. And then the other thing he suggested that I wouldn't say Greg and I aren't necessarily good at is, but he said also be provocative. Um, and that was good advice. Um, I don't know if we would be provocative in the in the sensational way, but we want to provoke good questions, mm-hmm. interesting dialogue. So I love it. Um, I, I meet the the coolest people. Our format's getting stronger and stronger after five years. And um, and I was just telling you guys before we hit record, it's amazing the people that'll jump on a podcast. And it went from us kind of getting friends that we would know and interesting people to, um, you know, now it's where we have um, public relations folks and agencies um, from around North America contact us when they're trying to promote a speaker or an author, um, someone putting out a training program or whatever. So we've we've had... Uh, the the great I, I just feel blessed to be part of it yeah and um, and then we look at our stats and and we have a significant amount of overall downloads and and our per episode downloads going up and all the analytics you can get um, and uh, you know we started to be a little more um, you know I would you know with your guest um, I think you you also want to be a little more um, I don't want to say discriminate but you want to be careful who have you on as a guest I mean if if downloads are important to you. Right, because yeah. if your guest is willing to share and they have a strong network, you're just going to see your numbers really, really climb. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we just let anybody on this podcast, as you know. Yeah, Dave. clearly, so, clearly. Because yeah. <laughs> my social. Well, no, you know what? We'll use. Yeah. We'll, we'll get this through the Boeing Point Network as well. And you guys should have. I hope. I would encourage you to have Greg on. Um, and then we can yeah. compare. Yeah, love that. We can compare. Yeah. We don't have to say. We don't have to actually give stats, but we can say percentage wise who has more listens. That would see that, that would be a good that would that's be good. good. Yes. And Greg has a killer network. Yeah. So if I could get mine out first and get him to share, yeah. he won't know that we're doing this. And then get him on. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Dave, you just re- re- given our uh, given us our uh, marketing strategy for the for the Pleasure Doing Business podcast. So appreciate it. So, uh, so you've been going since 2014, uh, which is crazy to think about. Consistently producing podcasts once a week, yeah. once a week for five years is yeah. an insane. I mean, knowing what we try for twice a month and we don't even always hit that, so um, that's insane. So, congrats on that. Uh, I know that it's evolved into sort of even more than that now. So, what's what's going on now with with Boiling Point? Um, yeah, well, we, we we said this is a lot of fun. Uh, we've been funding it from our companies. It's been it's great for business development. It has been it has led to business for both of us. Um, but we thought like why don't we why don't we monetize this? Why don't we do why don't we at least make it um, you know 
pay for itself. But what if we increase that? And we, so we, it, it really forced us to think of like, what, what would be a value to our audience and to a broader audience? And we came up with a concept called um, the boiling point process, which is essentially what we've learned as entrepreneurs um, in terms of how we've kind of branded ourselves, you know, Greg in the filmmaking world, uh, storytelling, corporate storytelling, me in the coaching world. Um, you know, I would say in our, whatever our local market is and whatever our community is, you know, coaches for me and, and in Greg's case, filmmakers, um, we've done a relatively good job um, getting our, being known as a, you know, in kind of a brand, a personal brand and, and a company brand. And then the boiling point was, um, you know, kind of demonstrating that. Um, like I said early on, we were just surprised with very little marketing dollars, um, the, the reach we were getting. And people coming up to us, at, you know, and Greg describing being at a concert in Seattle, you know, two years into it, and, and uh, a woman coming up saying, you know, she's from England, I love your podcast, I heard that. Insane. Like, crazy it's stuff crazy. like wow. that, like just out of the blue, like crazy stuff. So we created a process, a four-step process that essentially helps people Anyone who wants to get an idea out into the market, who wants to get a, um, a product, a service, a business. Um, so you can be an artist, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a politician, a nonprofit leader. And it basically kind of describes, you know, a way you can do that. You know, and, and um, I would say we take a coach approach saying, you know, this, these are four steps. You know, you make them what you want for your business. We found it works, you know. Um, and, and we just, it's been fun. So we, we have an online course that so people, if they go to the boilingpointprocess.com, they can sign up and take it online. Um, and then we also have live events and we're doing, um, we did one in St. John last year. To my surprise, it sold out. And we're doing one in Moncton that's coming up and we'll see. I don't know. We got a lot of great sponsors. And what we do is we have a podcast format. We go through each step, we explain our story, and then we bring a subject matter expert up to talk about that particular step. So step one is, is basically who's, who are you trying to reach? Who's your avatar, your customer persona? And, um, and so we would describe it from the coaching perspective or from a filmmaking perspective. And then we talk about podcasts, what we've done. And then we bring someone up who actually talks about building an avatar. So we had Alan Gates from Bonfire, mm -hmm. um, who's, yeah. who's a brilliant marketer. He's been a guest on the PDB. Well, so there yeah. you go. You guys get the best, clearly. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, he was an example of our live event. And so we created, we create, so it's not us talking to people. It's just we're communicating, uh, with, we're having people communicate with each other. We're interacting. And what came out of that live event, which was really exciting, was, um, you know, so he's, um, Alan is, um, you know, partner in Huddle. Yeah. Huddle is yeah. a great kind of micro, um, what do you call it? Love Huddle. Yeah. yeah. Like micro business news platform. I don't yeah. know. And they, you know, doing business for good. And, yeah. um, and, and anyways, one, one of the um, participants came up and he was talking about being a, having this fly. He does, he's a fly fisherman, but he, he's this kid that creates flies, yeah. beautiful flies. And, um, and how he's going to get to the market using this four step process yeah. at the same time. You know, there was a reporter from Huddle sitting there. Um, you know, two months later, I see an article come out in Huddle about his, you know, what he's doing, how he's expanding. Love so it. that's the kind of thing that happens in these live events. So we, we get corporate sponsors on board and we, we bring the ticket price way down so people can come for a day, spend a day with us in, in our community. And it helps build our community. And uh, I think it's like 99 bucks or something like that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So so next Friday, it's in Moncton. Come, please join us if you can if you can make it. And that's November 1st. All right, November 1st in Moncton. Uh, this will come out uh, before then, so right. hopefully uh, 
You got a big bump in sales as I'm a sure. result It'll of be, the. Well, it might be sold out as a result. Yeah, we're the Tide and Bore. Um, oh, I love the Tide and Bore month. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, I don't know much about it other than that. You know, like there's there's what, a lot of this stuff at the yeah, Tide and Bore. Well, there Craft we go. Beer. That's probably yeah. why Greg Hemmings picked that place. <laughs> so that's it. Well, we're, and we we do corporate events, and uh, we're really looking at more of the online marketing. So we're learning a ton mm. about. Um, um, you know how to get an online course up there, and I'll tell you right now, it is not easy. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of strategy, a lot of work behind it. And yeah, how to, how to market the online course, or actually how to how to market. build it? Okay, market yeah, it. the building part, um, I, I built a lot. Like if I go back to my coaching and training work, I've done yeah. a lot of content yeah. creation right. and building. That's not as hard for me, um, but the whole online marketing piece is mm. a brand new place mm. so we're actually applying the same process that we we, we were teaching yeah and uh it, it takes some time and the challenge we're having is we also have these two businesses right and so we're we're you know trying to build a team around this and kind of operate yeah. it um it's it's a little bit on the side of the desk so that that causes right. challenges as you can imagine so if that's on the side of your desk then what's in the in the, the in the middle, and on the right, and the left, and the back, and yeah. all that stuff. So that's got to be vision coaching. Vision coaching yeah. would be yeah, it would be the the uh, my my um, kind of passion yeah. uh, in terms of business. I launched it in two thousand five, and uh, this whole coaching world is this kind of a messy, unknown, uh, really valuable um, kind of industry that's kind of misunderstood to a lot to a large degree and we and and so we would describe i would describe what we we offer as leadership or business coaching and um we have a methodology around it um i launched it was me and uh yeah now we're we we you know through some uh organic growth and through some hustle and strategic partnerships we've really expanded kind of our reach in terms of customer base and we actually have a roster of 22 coaches that deliver uh, this methodology and to corporate clients, small business, mostly small businesses, a lot of Canadian stuff, but corporate across North America, mm-hmm. even reaching into Europe and little initiatives. And um, and then we do some work, uh, public sector work and a bit in the nonprofit world. Um, and it's a fun business and it's like any business. It's, you know, it's got its ups and its downs. Yeah. So... 2005 is, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm interested in, you know, the coaching industry, I think, is fairly common. People generally understand it now, although you, you know, you may correct me on that. But I'm guessing in 2005, it was not quite the same as it is now. So um, is that correct? That kind of people generally get it now and if so what how you know how, how was the struggle in the early days to try to launch a coaching business you know it's a that's a really good question Andy I think um, <clears throat> so my answer would be still early days mm-hmm. in the still early industry. days wow. wow totally because the amount of businesses I would go into so you know, again we so there's the confusion sometimes is there's life coaching which is really valuable um, you know it's, and it's, it's kind of more of a b2c um, mm-hmm. service um, there's things like ADHD coaching. There's all these different types of coaching. The business and kind of leadership coaching is um, first thing is it's a credential. You know, to be delivering it, you should be a credential coach, in my opinion. Um, that's a, a standard I think is important for the industry. And and so there's a lot of people calling themselves coaches. They might be delivering awesome service, but they don't have a credential. 
or and they don't have a credential and so that can cause challenges um, so it's misunderstood from even the credentialing standpoint um, uh, I, t I go in and we talk to a lot of HR leaders that are responsible for leadership development and we would say what do you know about coaching? And oh, no, we're familiar with coaching. And when you dig into it, the truth is they don't know a lot about coaching. And, and to be fair to them, there's an education process. And if I go back to when I started, I was delivering some corporate training um, with, uh, with a, a municipal uh, government. And uh, a gentleman came up at the end of it. And just before that, a couple of weeks before that, I had a request for coaching. And this guy came up and he, he, he's a, he was an impressive leader. And he asked me, would you be interested in coaching me? Which, you know, I thought, well, what an honor, right? And I said, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll send you a proposal. And because I would describe myself as an entrepreneur who, who happens now to be a coach. At that time, I was, you know, I was doing training. And so I went to write the proposal. And I thought I should read a book on coaching so I understand what it is. And I read the book and I went, I don't have a sweet clue what this coaching stuff is. So that took me to Royal Roads University to really uh, dig in and, 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 get a grasp and as I went through this this graduate executive um, coaching program that takes I think it's seven or eight months to go through it um, I went to do coaching and it was a transformational experience for me and I came out of it and I thought you know what this is something uh, this is a business unto itself um, and I launched at the perfect time right just got married a hole in the ground that was going to be our house uh, we're pregnant like perfect time to launch a business. Is it perfect? <laughs> Timing is everything. In an industry where there was really no, what's a coach, right? It, yeah. Is there ever a perfect uh, time to launch a business? Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, can you, when's the perfect time to get married? Yeah. All have, those have a kid, launch a business. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, fascinating that uh, that you chose to, to do this. You obviously were following your passion uh, to do something you knew that you you know, that you wanted to do, you probably weren't quite sure if you're going to be good at it or not, but obviously you, you've been good at it. Um, so how did you get the ball kind of moving in those, in those first few years? I mean, obviously you've been around now for, for 14 years. Yeah. How, how did you, how did you get, how'd you get it going? Well, I, d I did a bit of a soft launch. So I had a, a so, so maybe an important point to make for me is that, um, since I, I think maybe I was, been, you know, so I'm 47 now, you know, I would say I probably had my last summer job when I was 19 and I've really never been employed. I had a, a 18 month stint of employment where I, I tried really hard to be, uh, do business development for this really cool company. And I just, I just, I'm just not a good employee to be yeah. honest with you. So I've always been self-employed. So, yeah. so I've always, you know, kind of understood what, how, what it means to hustle. In early days, I was a personal trainer in Vancouver and in my twenties and I learned a lot about, you know, how to communicate with people. Um, and I and I took a lot of that learning into um, when I launched a coaching business. And because I had been, been doing leadership development training and that sort of thing as a kind of a consultant slash contractor, I kind of had a bit of a network. So then I was just introducing this thing called coaching into it. But um, I would say, um, you know, I, the, the probably the best story I can share is uh, early days, um, uh, there, was a, there was another gentleman who had gone through the same program a few years before me. Um, he, was, he was a pretty recognized consultant, quite a bit 
you know, old, he's probably, you know, in his 40s at that time. I'm, I, or maybe mid to late 40s. I'm, I'm 33, which is pretty young to be become an executive coach, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our roster, I'm still probably the youngest coach at 47. Wow. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, and people, clients are generally wow. looking for people I found that have, you know, kind of breadth of experience. So it was a little yeah. bit presumptuous of me at 33 mm. to jump out. Not to say you can't be a brilliant coach in mm. your 20s. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying what the market's kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this gentleman is, you know, uh, probably about a year into it. I've been, I've been out there hustling, trying to find opportunities, surprisingly find a few opportunities because what, there are a lot of good coaches. I'm probably a, a pretty decent coach. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of coaches that are good at selling coaching. Right. Right. Yes. I've, I've been selling my whole life, so that is a little bit of what supported that. But but you know, so so he's sitting there lamenting about you know no one will hire a coach, and he's naming companies that we would all recognize in this marketplace. They would never hire a coach. And I'm thinking it's interesting because. You know, I got a gig with that company, right? Yeah. You know, I can't say because it's confidential. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it brought me back to this book that I, I really enjoyed, um, The Art of Possibility. Have you, if you've read it, it's it's an amazing book. It's it's for me, it just blew my mind. And it's by this guy Ben Zander, who's mm-hmm. um, he is a conductor of an orchestra, I think, and he delivers this training. And but anyways, he has this one chapter where you know it's about. Um, Anything's possible, I think, is something I can't remember the chapter, but he has this. It starts with this story about um, two salesmen, you know, the tale of two salesmen. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of set back in probably the 40s or 50s and for earlier. And they're sent out by a shooting company, um, uh, you know, to go and look at the possibility in Africa, I guess, at this stage. Um, so they both go out, one sends a telegram back and says, you know, situation is hopeless. They wear no shoes. The second salesperson sends a telegraph back and says, right. unbelievable opportunity. Right. They wear no shoes. Yeah. That's what I saw in Atlanta, Canada. Yeah. They wore no shoes. I thought, what a neat opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think, belief really supported getting getting things rolling. Um, so, is there, so, you know, because a lot of other markets had a lot more competition. I didn't really right. have any competition. In fact, it was more just trying to educate. So yeah. we build a whole bunch of programming around what is coaching, what mm-hmm. is it not, and so a lot of our a lot of the paid gigs is really developing opportunities to educate uh, an organization or individuals who later become you know um, clients. Yeah, does that make sense? It oh, totally makes sense. Point. Yeah. What so What would you so for someone who's listening who's never had a coach, maybe thinking about you know I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I haven't had a coach. Maybe I should get a coach. What What were some of the sort of benefits that that working with a coach can have on an individual mm-hmm. and on the business? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so I'd start by saying we have a philosophy internally. We say beware of the coach who has no coach. So I have a great coach I work with. She's based in Vancouver. She has nothing to do with vision coaching. Um, and I'll tell you why as a client, that's a really valuable relationship. And this is what I think the value of coaching is for any business leader, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're running a sales team or an accounting team or whatever, um, is that it starts with, you know, why would so people would say, well, why would you get an external coach? Why wouldn't you use one of your own coaches? Well, the first thing is you want someone who's objective. You want someone who's going to hold the mirror up to you and challenge you in, in ways that maybe other people closer to you aren't going to do. You also want a safe place and a confidential place to, to 
you know, share your frustrations. Um, you know, like it's probably unlikely that, you know, a coach on the, on the ro- on our roster, I'm going to say, you know, I got a challenge around how we're compensating our coaches. I want to talk, I want to get coached right. through that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's hard to- so, so there's conversations I'm probably going to skip or miss yeah. or geez, I'm kind of freaked out or revenue's way down. You know, and I don't know what's going to happen. So it's having someone who's um, far enough away from, you know, to help you see more clearly. And, um, and I, you know, I believe that, you know, in the work we do is, is um, we also want to, you know, pull in good data, like in terms of assessing someone's strengths and some of the gaps and helping them build a plan to help develop that. Um, and as simple as saying this, you guys, like how many times over the last week okay we're towards the end of the week have you paused stopped reflected and said okay where am i now mm. yes where am i trying to get to how am i going how am i going how, how am i how am i executing against my action plan do i even have an action plan the answer for most people is like they don't and that's, and that's okay mm. but that's what it, like i had a client once describe it to me like you know it is, it is a neat guy really neat guy he's he done some really cool things on on the national scene in canada um, and he's saying, you know, it's, I, I, I hate to describe it like this, Dave, but it's kind of like, sometimes it's like going to the dentist and getting your teeth cleaned. He goes, you know, I know I feel better after I leave the dentist's office, but at the time, it's just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. That's part of what you have to be as a coach, I mm-hmm. believe, is sometimes a, a bit of a pain, pain. in the ass. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're not telling people what to do. You're just supporting and helping them uncover what yeah. it is they want to, you want to do. And it's different than mentoring. And there's a lot, there's a big, big, big distinction between coaching and mentoring mm. not, you can't do both together but but one mentoring is transfer of knowledge so um i could not coach either of you in or sorry i could not mentor either of you you know within what you deliver because i don't have the domain knowledge or expertise but i can certainly coach you and you could coach me by the way but it would be hard for you to mentor me on how to set up a coaching business does that make sense? It, no, it does. It's, it's funny you say, I mean, we've, we've been talking a lot about that internally, about yeah. uh, coaching pro- programs and mentoring programs. And and uh, so that's actually very timely that you've yeah. just identified the difference. I've got a great difference program for you guys. Yeah. In all seriousness, please, I hope I hope you consider it, okay? I've been delivered. It was designed for the Wallace McCain Institute, and, and it was uh, Nancy Mathis. So Wallace McCain Institute is a great, I, I'm actually mm-hmm. a member of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's very progressive, and Andy, you'd be very familiar with it. I yeah, we've talked about it on the on the podcast okay. before. We've had a few few uh, what do you call the members, graduates, whatever. Or, it is. Um, some people joke as um, what do they call us, like a cult member? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know you know Nancy had the and she was she's a founding executive director. She's a real powerhouse. She's actually going to be part of our uh, bowling point process. She's, awesome. She's yeah. going to speak to one section around building community. She's fabulous at. But, you know, she, early days, she said, you know, we, we'd like to start in, incorporate peer coaching into, um, uh, you know, these cohorts of business leaders that get together. They should be coaching each other. Could you teach some coaching skills? And I said, absolutely. And then I went and thought, Frank, how do I design a workshop? Um, so it's called Using Coaching to Lead. And it's been, del- we've, I personally delivered it um, all as far away as Belgrade, Serbia. No way. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, in all corners of uh, North America. Um, I actually delivered it at, this is kind of a funny story, at the city of Beverly Hills. 
What? Uh, I delivered in the deep uh, south of Florida, where I could barely understand people because the accents were so strong. Northern BC, all through New Brunswick. Um, it's this, so it's a fabulous uh, half-day workshop to help people understand what coaching is, what it's not, how to use it, two coaching skills. And if someone has an appetite for it, then, then I would really encourage them to, to go further because there's other programs. You know, there's more comprehensive things. But in half a day, uh, culturally as an organization, whether you're a small team or a large organization, um, the challenge out there <clears throat> is if all three of us sat down and said, what's our definition of coaching? There'd be three different definitions, pretty much guaranteed. And so how do you coach if you have a different definition of what it is? Mm-hmm. And we're all saying we're coaching. And then some industries would talk, you know, and some you know, clients we got into originally, you know, people would be delivered coaching letter. And what that means is, you know, you're in trouble. So, but that's not really coaching as, as the ICF would define it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so I'm glad you guys are on that journey. And I would say, you know, let's talk about if you're interested. Um, there's other good programs that aren't connected to, to what we do. But um, I, I just, that's a big part of what we're trying to do is educate. Because then when people understand what it is, to your earlier question, Andy, like, you know, when to, it's hard to describe and so what we found is when someone's experienced it, and that's why I did a documentary with Greg Hemmings yeah. years ago, because I was saying, like, how can I, because every time someone experiences it, they generally become, for the most part, an advocate of coaching, and yeah. it refers. Yeah. But up till then, I'm trying to describe something, and it's like trying to describe, you know, I don't know, like, think of anything, like, what it feels like to run 10Ks. You know, yeah. like, you kind of explain it, but when someone does it, they go, oh, man, okay, that's what it feels you, like. You get it. Okay. You yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it as simple as, I mean, I used to tell people that... Um, and you're, you're, you're familiar with coaching. I'm familiar with coaching. Very I've coaching. done some coaching, yeah. and I've been a, a client of vision coaching. Right. Um, so I get it, and I'm a big believer in it. And I used to just tell people, usually my yeah. my sort of circle of, of friends and network uh, is into sports, because I'm into sports, and you just use the sports analogy, right? I mean, what, uh, what great athlete, uh, or any amateur athlete or any athlete for that matter, right, doesn't have a coach. Um, so why why can't that apply in the business setting? And I know there's a lot more to it than that, but um, but, it, but it's a good. It's a I think point, I think people yeah. help that helps people, right? Yeah. yeah. And people will go, oh yeah, that's a good point. You know, and how do we be a good corporate athlete? And there's a you know, as you pointed out, there's a bit of a distinction when you're working in a business setting. And, mm-hmm. and some of us have memories of coaches. Like I played a lot of hockey. Yeah. And I and I was I was fortunate enough to, to have a, a short but really powerful experience playing junior hockey. And yeah. I mean I had this great coach um, when I was playing in the Western Hockey League. Very very um, short and um, um, not very inspirational career. Having said that, <laughs> I, I, this fabulous guy, his his brother now coaches uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Dave Tippett. This guy was okay. his, oh, wow. Brad, Brad Tippett was his brother, or is his brother. Brad Tippett was the coach of the Regina Pats. Okay. And and he, um, uh, by the skin of my teeth, I made this team. I walked on as a fourth line guy. He had a style of coaching which I just loved for sports, but it wouldn't work in the business. Yeah. Like he was hard nosed and in your face, and and not to say that it wouldn't work, but but you know what I mean. Sometimes we conjure up these images of what coaching is. Um, having said that, you know probably if he if he learned a little bit about coaching skills in the business setting, he would be a fabulous coach. But but I just I always think of him because he was this fiery guy, and he would say, right. you know, when you line up, you know, you look across, and if the guy looks away. He's yours all night. You know? <laughs> yeah. this, and, and it worked with 18-year-old kid. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll run through a wall for you, whatever you want me to do, right? So a little bit different than that. A little bit oh, different. Yeah, if that makes sense. 
It, it totally makes sense. Um, I would, I, you know, with all these podcasts, I wish we had, uh, had uh, lots more time. There's a couple of other ways, we, we, other directions I want to go. One of which is to talk a lot more about hockey, but we don't have time for that, unfortunately. Okay, but quickly. Yeah. I mean, come on, the Oilers! Yeah. Holy cow! So are, are you an oil fan? No, no, no. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm. I love what uh, what James Neal's doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just and I just think brilliant move and and then Ken Holland being the GM going yeah. over. I'm not an Oilers fan. Well, you know what? I am kind of like yeah. I'm a hockey fan. I like enjoy I'd the like sport. To see Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Wouldn't that <laughs> yeah, be nice? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You know what I mean? Been there once. And I just love yeah. I love the resurrection of a hockey player or of a business leader or whoever. Like that's the stories I'm really yeah. attracted to. So I'm like 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 the Vegas Knights. Like yeah. I was like, like I, I thought that was a beautiful story, and that and there is an example of good coaching. Yeah. And Gallant came in, and he's a St. John guy at one point. Sea Dogs, yeah. right? And and from what I heard in the hockey circles, and I have some 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 guys that still work in the hockey circles, and I went to a school called Notre Dame in Saskatchewan. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was in grade 10. I showed up there from the Yukon Territory in the middle of the prairies, and next door to me is this guy named Rye Brindamore. No way. Who was this beast, 17-year-old man, man child. You know what I mean? And I'm 15. And, and I, when he took over as a coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, I had no doubt in my mind that they would do something significant. Mm. This is the kind of work ethic this kid had when he was 17 mm. years old. So, so I love those kind of stories, you know what I mean? And the, and the whole Hurricanes thing. So anyways. But that doesn't always translate, like a, being a good hockey player doesn't always translate into being a good coach, right? Which no, is no. kind of right in the wheelhouse yeah. of this conversation. Yeah. And so you never know when these guys who had a lot of success on the ice... Uh, when they get behind the bench, how they're going to do, but obviously he's done well. So I had a chance to watch him over a year. Now, granted, he was 17 years old. Um, part of what I, probably why I got attracted to coaching is um, I just love observing and watching how people interact and what they do and what makes them tick. And and there was a, there was a discipline about this guy that his success didn't come from being talented necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was more his work ethic and his, and his ability to lead with um, by example, you know. And and I, I believe and again I don't you know it wasn't like he was a close friend or anything, but um, but he he had a presence about him um, that I think that that you know kind of uh, went way beyond being a hockey player. Um, if I use him as an example, and just because it was such a such a real example, so I'm really happy for him, um, and uh, you know, and so as a result, you know, some of these guys that I went to school with that went on to play NHL that are working in the system, they're giving they the stories I've been hearing back going back to Gallant is, you know, he attracted a whole bunch of players that otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, so there's the value of having a really and he was a good hockey player by the mm-hmm. way as well. But to sure your point, you know, uh, Gretzky wasn't a great coach. Yeah. Um, Scotty Bowman and his good book coming up by Ken Dryden uh, on Scotty Bowman didn't have a he had an injury so he could he didn't have an NHL playing career and he's the most winningest coach out yeah. there so yeah. you know there's a, it's really I find it quite fascinating so yeah. I think it's it's those skills that they develop that transcend hockey like being a player that, that really can evolve and, and to me that's why Roddy Brindamore is such a great coach awesome yeah Sorry, guys, I'm taking over. Right? No, I love That's it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And speaking of love, I ask all our guests before you come on or before they come on the show a few a few questions. And one of them I always ask is, what what do you love about your business and what frustrates you about your business? And I don't know if you remember the answers that you gave, 
but uh, I'm going to give you a hint. Was that you? You do? Yeah. I believe so. I know what I. Uh, no, it'll, it'll help remind me. <laughs> okay. So what you love about your business is interesting, right? Yeah. This uh, the this. Oh yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Go for it, Dave. Yes. What do, I, what, what do you love about your business, oh, well, and what frustrates you about your business? Because this is going to lead in, I think, to a little bit of the the, yeah. the philanthropy. Well, no, but you know, it's having conversations like this. Um, um, business is a platform to do good. I think you know. That's, I was in the nonprofit world, and I was really frustrated because I was working with young offenders. I had a contract. I was an employee, and I was working with young offenders. And I, I was uh, I really loved the kind of work I was doing. I was in my twenties. Um, and at the same time, I had this other little gig going, this personal training business I mentioned earlier, and um, and the government changed, and this program got downsized, and they came to me and said, geez, Dave, we told you you'd be full-time on, on, within our program to deliver work to young offenders, which helps them transition out of jail and home. Is, am I just making sense? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, this one contract, pretty significant contract I was working on, which is one kid who was 14 when he entered the system. I started working when he's 15. He's now 16. He's making progress, not just because of me, because he has a good, whole, a great support network around him. This is a long way to get to where I'm going mm-hmm. here. But the point is, um, uh, they, they, they had to shift the contract. I said, okay, I understand. I don't have enough seniority. I'm not part of the union. I'm this contractor. Make sure you get the right person with him. Um, they didn't. He got lost within the system. Kind of a neat story. A few years, uh, actually, last year I heard from him. Uh, believe it or not, years wow. later. So Amazing. fascinating story. Anyways, uh, but I tell you that because that's when I said, like, and I, you know, I don't want to swear here, but like, you know what? I, it's hard to be on the front line. Like, and I was at the same time I'm working with all these business leaders in this personal training gig, and I'm seeing the stuff they're doing, the influence they have. And I thought, well, I gotta figure out how to, how to, how to get into business because it seems to me you can have more impact. And so when you ask me what I love about it, I love the fact that it gives you a platform mm-hmm. to have a t- conversation like this or get up on a stage or like Greg and I got to, to be MCs of the Outstanding Business Awards mm-hmm. recently. Yes, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and it gives you a platform. So and it helps me unleash courage and, and that's our, our whole purpose statement around what we do with vision coaching. And I think, and I believe, and it kind of ties into the Million Dollar Pledge, is that I believe that every business owner has a really good opportunity, especially if you're entrepreneurial, because you can make your own rules. And no one's going to tell you how to apply. You know, there's some rules. Obviously, you guys would help us around CRA and, and that sort of thing. But no one's going to tell you really how you can market, how you can get out there, and what you can do. And so you can create, you can, it gives you, it, you can be very creative. Um, so that's what I love about, about my business in general, but my business, in, you know, it gives me that, that latitude. And there comes some, so, and then comes challenges with that, which is if you want that latitude, you want that freedom, you want to be part of a cool group of business owners doing, you know, philanthropic things and doing good, you know, it means you have to be careful who you partner with. And it means you have to be careful about how you, you know, what, how you deliver your business. And that causes some of the challenges, which mm-hmm. is, you know, cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big challenge. In a small business, mm-hmm. when you've got big ideas and you're bootstrapping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and organic growth, and and so I, yeah, I was just being very sincere. Yes, yeah. um, that's so. Especially when you feel like, yeah. I mean, guys, you guys have great service. I know you guys do because of the work you do and the stuff I hear. Um, I know we have an awesome service, and sometimes it's frustrating that 
Frank, how do more people not know about this? Yeah. Yeah. How, why do I, do I really got to hustle every, you know, like, and, and, you know, I want to keep this group of coaches busy because, you know, um, when I, you know, walk off, I walked off, uh, I'm seeing this at, uh, I'm standing business awards and this woman came up and she's, she's wonderful. She's doing really cool things in, in her, in her kind of sector. And she, I, she, I, she, almost, she kind of was misting up and she said, you know, Dave, thank you for introducing me to Leanne. And so she was a client that's working with one of our top-notch coaches, Leanne. And she said, it's changed my life. Wow. And I go, wow. Frick, how cool is this? Yeah. yeah. She's thanking me because I made an introduction and mm-hmm. we got paid for it. Like, yeah. It's kind of going full circle, right? That's a win-win-win. Yeah. Win, yeah. Win. yeah. yeah. And, 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 and sincerely, like, not, like, no one's putting her up to it, you know? Wow. And those are kind of things that keep me going. So, um, so that's, cool. that's my answer. Very cool. I believe. Yeah. Well, and just doing good in the community right and finding ways to give back uh one of the things where your company uh and you dave and teats owners doyle are giving back is through the united ways million dollar pledge campaign Mm, so mm -hmm. what's uh what led you into that and and kind of what what's an update on where where things are with the with the campaign how about this i'll I'll tell the story i'll let keith give the update because he's a big part of it um, and, and Wendy would say this, Wendy McDermott, who's executive of the United Way, she'd actually say it's, it's the million dollar pledge that's delivered by the United Way. It's not, it, so it's initiative by entrepreneurs and yeah, small business owners. Right so it's a distinction that she always points out. Um, and, and to her credit, she's very, she's a social entrepreneur and she's a pretty amazing woman in terms yeah. of what she's doing with the United Way. And, um, I'm co-chair of the campaign, United Way campaign, just our second year. We, yes. Cause there's two of us, I guess we, we agreed to do two years. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> crazy, well, crazy. Yeah. But, Fool me once, shame on, uh, you well, know. <laughs> you know, like we, yeah, it was like. We're just getting momentum. Can we do yeah. another year? Yeah. Sure. How do you say no to Wendy, right? Yeah. Yes. Also a former guest on the PDB. Oh, yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. yeah, she's awesome. I just I just have all the time. She really her. is, yeah. Um, Million Dollar Pledge was, you know, it's funny because it was actually coming from the podcast. Um, Greg's a, um, a, an ambassador of the B Corp movement, triple bottom line, mm-hmm. business doing good, people, planet, planet profit. and profit. Mm-hmm. And um, I started, you know, to be honest, I'm listening to what these people are doing with their businesses. And if I go back to why I got into business at the beginning, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, we're sprinkling money all over. And, um, you know, what we can. And, you know, f- trying to feel good about it. And I realized, what if we could give it in a more directed, you know, impactful way? And how do I give more, um, you know, and how, and, and actually, how can I help my business? You know, because you have to be profitable to give back. And Keith and I have talked about this uh, a significant amount of times, right? Yeah. Um, is um, so. So, anyways, this this idea came. Well, what if you know what currency do I have? And you know, if going back to having a platform and having influence, you know, being in the business long enough and working with some cool clients and knowing some neat people. Um, what if? What if? Uh, you know, and I just. Just I don't know. I came up, came in my head. I was exercising. Uh, it's when I, my best ideas generally come, and I thought I better phone because I know I know you know what like uh, there's a famous or a quote I love by Robin Sharma like what's the mm-hmm. point of a brilliant idea if you don't have the fierce resolve and discipline to mm-hmm. birth it into reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that quote, and I thought this is I think is I think is a cool idea. I'll find out soon if it is uh, even has any viability. So I, I literally emailed Wendy. I said I have this idea. It's called Million Dollar Pledge, small business initiative, 10 businesses getting together for 10 years, 
um, donating 10000 a year each, so it would be a million dollars. United Way is the administrator because I've tried to be part of building stuff in the past. You spent so much time in governance and trying to figure out how do we do this. And I thought, okay, it's out there. If it has any legs, when do you let me know? She got back and said, I think that's a great idea. Do you think anyone will do it? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But Vision Coaching will. You know, and, and mm-hmm. by the way, we don't have, we didn't, I'd love to tell the audience, oh, I had this bucket of money of yeah. looking to where to deliver. No, yeah. it's like, but I started thinking, it's 833 bucks a month. And I look at some of the initiatives we got, software development, and, and some of the stuff I spent money on to try to get there. And I'm like, like, this is not a big commitment. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, if, okay, let's go back to why you got into business in the first place, Dave. <clears throat> so for me, it was pretty easy. And I thought, you know what? If I get a cool group of people together mm-hmm. to support it, um, you know, there's a chance, like this B Corp movement, we might do business together, we might yeah. do fun things together. So, so anyways, that was in my head, whether that's going to happen, I don't know. But um, to my, you know, great surprise, Blair Hislop, Mrs. Dunsers, jumps on. You guys' partner, Andrew, mm-hmm. jumps on. You guys jump on, Yeah. right? Quickly. And, yeah. and we had a group of like four that said, yeah, we're committed to doing this. And that's all, I think, to, you know, to have an idea, you just need that kind of um, uh, enough. You, know, you, can't, you just can't be the only person doing it. But if you got, you know, momentum. Yeah, exactly. Take on a life of its own, which and it has. Which it has. And it's his own life. It's his own thing. And this group has figured it out. And, went, you know, and so, so I'm so excited to be part of it. And then, you know, people like Keith is, is really helping it move. And now we're up to 13 or 14 yeah, companies. Yeah, 13 members I have now, right? Dave? Yeah. So what's yeah. happened now is we have people coming and saying, hey, guys, can we join the group? Can we have people of this, right? And we're like, uh, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. So it's just like the Boiling Point podcast. You got people just, now that yeah, line yeah, up yeah, to, be, yeah. to be your guests. Yeah. And it was, it's not to, like, like, you know, like early days... You know, like a guy like Blair Hislop, he went out and he he, he promoted it. And there's we have some anonymous donors. Um, they want to be part of it. They don't want to be known. But, you know, God love them for being a part of it. Yeah. But their heart's in the right place. And they just um, – and then there's a bunch of us that, you know, sometimes someone will hire. So Vision Coach – so and everyone has a different way of doing it. You guys, I believe, uh, here with this firm, mm-hmm. you would um, – you have employees that would do a contribution and you guys and the corporation matches, I believe, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. We kind of have a 50-50 split between our corporate giving and our employees contributing 50%. So it's kind of a neat uh, twist in how engaging our employees really yeah, and driving what, and is it, what they desire. And, and, and are they, what they from what you're telling me that the employees are excited to see some of the results that we're getting the pledge is, is is delivering yeah absolutely and that's that's one of the benefits around this million dollar pledge group it's not you're just not giving your money and saying okay we're focusing on children's education and literacy which is our big focus area as part of the million dollar pledge group but what's fantastic about that is we're donating this money and then uh, what is it Dave? probably two three four times a year we get updates from all the programs we're funding yeah and with all these results and statistics, yeah. like us accounting people love statistics yeah. and numbers. And business and people, yeah. Showing, okay, well, geez, these kids do, this percentage of kids are increasing their reading levels by this amount. So you can see, wow, my money's being part of that. And it's generating results that are clearly measurable, right? And we and we had a chance to go down and actually visit the school yeah. the program. Man, was that, like, mind-blown or what? It was. It was eye-opening. Yeah. Totally. Totally. 
And Keith, you do a great job of, you know, being the champion in the, in the office and getting all the employees and the rest of the staff involved with that and, and excited about it and kind of being bridging that gap between sort of the ownership and the staff. So credit to you. You're being humble. Um, totally. Well, I'll throw yeah. a couple of people. There is a couple of people, uh, Laura Burnett and a couple other people in our office that do most of the legwork. So okay. I always Good. hate being the person that takes the credit for what it is. A, it is a group effort. It's right? a group effort. Well, and, and Keith has been showing up and kind of exposing me to other, you know, kind of ways to be philanthropic for business. And we've been talking about how do we help educate more small business owners on the value, not, yeah. not just this idea that you give, yeah. it's this cost. It's, just, yeah. it's actually there's this big, like there's a tenfold, you know, it comes back to you right. tenfold. Right. Yeah. And, and you can't just, you know, that's not why you do it, but it's a nice byproduct. Yeah. Um, but but T. Sanders Doyle has been a huge part of it, and um, and and Andrew, you know his leadership to yeah. begin with, and then Keith jumped in behind, obviously with some support, and uh, we're just you know so that, for me I was just thrilled. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad we got the opportunity to to talk a little bit about that for the listeners, and you know if you are in the, you know in the St. John region, you, and you're you know you're looking to do good in the community. Please uh, consider this as, as one of the ways one of the ways to do that. And if we could do a plug, yeah, there's there's a there's a the kind of an offshoot of the million dollar pledge is called the Quarter Club, and the Quarter Club is also administered by the United Way, and it's it's a group of they're going to build it to twenty small businesses that are giving twenty five hundred a year. Um, I don't know what the I, don't know I think what it was the, for five years. Five years, yeah, and, um, and and with the same idea, they get report. You know, they get they, yeah. so you get to actually see, as Keith pointed out, what you get some say in where your dollars go, and mm-hmm. then you get to get you, you understand what the impact. Like any financial investment, it's a social impact investment. So the quarter club starting. And we're doing launch November fifth. Yeah, November fifth at McGill's. McGill's, uh, which is a uh, bar on the boardwalk, boardwalk. St. John. I know this goes way beyond the, the borders of New Brunswick, but mm-hmm. for those people in New Brunswick, if want to, <laughs> yes. St. John, um, please come November 5th and join us. Um, Five to seven. Five to seven. There we go. And, and for those international listeners, it's the perfect time of year to come and visit St. John. So oh, come on. Exactly. Come on and see. Before, before yeah. the leaves are all off the trees. Beautiful colors. <laughs> yeah. looking at the green. There's some green leaves there. but No, yes. we're, we're coming up to the end of our time here. Um, we've had a great discussion. I'd love to continue it, but I know you got a split date. Um, where do real quick before we sign off? Where do where do people find you? Uh, probably the best is well. So LinkedIn is an easy way to reach out to me. So his uh, last name is well, first name is Dave. Last name is Vale. V E A L E. V E A L E is pronounced Vale. Uh, Visioncoaching.com and then uh, the Boiling Point podcast.com so it'd be kind of three ways to see what's happening mm-hmm. um yeah so um I'd, I'd love to hear from people and um i'm happy to talk about coaching um you know philanthropic giving because of my perspective and uh and guys i this has been fun like it's really cool to come and jam over a beer and uh and just talk about cool things and and i uh it's nice to be on the other side actually because yeah. you just because it's like you guys are kind of containing me because usually you should right around, all right all right so, you know we try to so i can just i'm just free flowing it's like hey and Andy's doing a good job of reining it in. I, we know you got to go, Dave. Trying to, trying to, trying to rein it in. No, look, I could do this all day. I, uh, I, I love having these kinds of conversations. And, you know, we try to allow 
listeners to peek under the hood of, of, of businesses, right? And various business owners and their entrepreneurial experience. And thanks for letting us do that uh, a little bit uh, with your businesses and, and all the stuff you got going on. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for all you do in the community, man. It's uh, It's been awesome the way you bridge kind of entrepreneurship and philanthropy and just, just yeah. doing what's right, being a good dude. So, uh, and obviously to look at you, I know this is an audio format, but you're staying in shape, dude. 47 years old, you're uh, yeah, my looking pretty my, good. Yeah, well, thank you. There, now, now go, you got to look at my picture. So we showed a picture at the OBAs of when we won our, um, so Greg and I were, so the Saint, the chamber um, of uh, Greater St. John, um, they, we were past recipients of some of these awards. Okay. Greg won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Greg's getting a lot of love in this, isn't he, today? Um, in 2000, I can't remember what it was, uh, four. Yeah. And then... Uh, Vision Coaching was lucky enough to win, or to be awarded. It's not really I can't win because it's kind of subjective, but yeah. awarded the Emerging Enterprise in 2008. So they started it when we were doing this, and we did a podcast, MCU. They, I don't know if you guys are there, but they popped up our pictures from that time. So it's very kind of you to say that, because the picture that came up, I have this full head of hair, and I got this big red Lanny McDonald mustache. No, really? Yes, and so here's the deal. So I was. You, well, well, and I'm happy to. I'm happy to share it with you. Um, the The deal was it was the first November ever. Okay. So yeah, November yeah. Made, right. So it was 2008. Uh, I we had a family, uh, our friend that was struggling with prostate cancer. Movembers and things. Okay. I said, well, of course I'll grow a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife said, Dave. No one knows why you have a mustache. It looks horrible. <laughs> Put a sign around your neck at the very least, right? So, and November wasn't even a thing. Now it yeah, is. Now yeah. if you see someone with a mustache yeah, you in November, it. you know what it is. Yes. Like, All right, yeah. part of November. Good for them. And, as, you know, and some people, Austin Matthews, going back to yeah. hockey, has one. And I guess it's kind of a cool thing to do. But I was doing it when, <laughs> you know, I'm probably one of the only people in St. John part of the Movember movement so people were literally so I when I so this picture pops up with me and this big red mustache and, <laughs> and now um, as you guys both can test I, uh, the, the hairline has changed dramatically and which is a byproduct of being on Twitter I'm well, we'll say it's alright well, so you gotta send us the both okay. both your today pic and that pic and uh, and then you can choose which one you want featured on the put the bad one on put the, okay. put the, which, but you guys can decide <laughs> you can decide which the bad one is because if you put this my current picture I'll go oh, okay, that's okay. Um, but the last thing is can we do this guys can we um, can we do a contest because you guys watched your downloads between Greg Hemmings and I downloads, okay, to, to help promote what you guys are doing because I love what you're doing. And it would just be a fun little contest, but we can't, but the deal is we, Greg will have to listen to this to know this, but um, we can't tell him because you haven't had him on yet. Have we you? have not. No. Yeah. So you should, can, 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 are you interested? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it would just be a fun little yes. contest, but, but let's just let him learn. <laughs> Like we have to give me some 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 window of opportunity. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. So so what I'll do is, and we'll see, and I'm gonna hope you guys do this in the future is is push your guests to help amplify amplify this because that will be your success, uh, I believe, or probably is your success already, but will be you know continuous successes. Is if you want to come on and you want to talk to us, we need you to help us promote this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, and then if Greg blows me on the water, I owe you guys beers. 
Okay. 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 And, if, and if you blow Greg out of the water, he owes us. You guys win either way. Okay. That is a win-win. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll, I just have to make sure I get this out on the social channels and. and I love it. Yeah. No, thanks a lot. Thanks, fellas. That's perfect, Dave. Thanks for coming in. I didn't even finish my beer, but almost. No, well, you're doing a lot of this tough to drink and talk at the same time. But, well, usually uh, I can do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much, uh, Dave, for coming in. Thanks, uh, Keith, to you for, uh, for guest hosting again today. So for Keith and for Dave, this is Andy Clark saying be sure to uh, hit us up on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us and rate us. We'd love to know what you think. And uh, check out all of the different events that are coming up. We've got the Boiling Point event in Moncton on November the 1st. We've got the... United Way event on November the 5th here in St. John. Uh, we'll put some info on those events uh, on the in the show notes. But It all include beer. Yes, that's right. What? Both include beer. Both of the events so include right. beer. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's a common thing. We started with beer. Yeah. We're ending with beer. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, it's been a pleasure doing business. Thanks for checking out this episode of Pleasure Doing Business, brought to you by Teed Saunders Doyle chartered professional accountants and advisors where you'll always find world-class expertise with a personal touch. Join us next time for more interviews and insights on building and running your business and having a ton of fun along the way.